acted all alright. Had no need to fight tonight, tonight. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. My name is Brett Goen. I'm the founder of Hammer and Builders of Insta. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Pinella. What is up, guys? It's Matt Pinella Carpenter out of Central California. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of the Bread to Build podcast. Today we're going to be hopping on with Jordan Smith to get his take on how COVID has impacted the current state of training and learning and how we can start imagining the future of online learning for the skilled trades. Jordan, welcome to the show, my man. Howdy. How are y'all? Doing, Doing well, good. Brother. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Out in Texas. Say, in Texas, I have to say this whole two hours ahead of y'all thing, we're, we're recording this at midnight local time because the Californians, you know, by the time they finish work and dinner, it's, it's freaking late. I was at the beach, <laughs> so my apologies. You're at the beach? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's a rough... It's a rough life in the rough trades, life. man. It's terrible. Life. <laughs> We're going to be launching this always on Wednesdays, but I appreciate you coming on the show at a Friday night, man. Uh, no, it's great. I'm excited. Uh, before we hop into the meat of things, uh, for the people who don't know you, could you just give a little brief insight on your uh, on your background and what you do now? Yeah, yeah. So I... Uh... I graduated from college with an engineering degree, uh, materials joining engineering degree with an emphasis on welding. And uh, it was a great degree. Super glad I went to college, learned a whole lot of stuff. Um, people who say that college was the best four years of their life, I don't know whether they took the right classes because it was freaking hard. Um, and, it was, and it was five years of my life. <laughs> I, did, I didn't make it out in four. Um, but it was a great, it was a great degree. Got me right into industry. I was able to build some really cool stuff. I did. I've got a background in robotics. I did built robots that welded stuff together. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, and then eventually made it into uh, oil and gas and building jackup rigs. So offshore oil rigs is what I was building. Um, always have been entrepreneurial. Wanted to start my own thing, but in heavy manufacturing, you really have to have a big bankroll to be able to do it. And I didn't have that. And so you'd have to bring on investors and then it's not really your thing. You're just working for other people still. Um, and Veronica and I had renovated and built four homes. We had just finished building our dream home out on this 50 acre ranch. It was, you know, it was great living the dream. And we decided, you know, this is what we really like doing. This is what we're spending nights and weekends on. Let's just do that. Like if we want to start a business, let's start a business building houses. The problem was, I had never ran a business building houses. I had never worked for somebody who was building houses, right? I was a hard working, smart, educated guy, but there's still so much you don't know that you don't know, right? And how do you learn? So I was lucky enough to get introduced to Matt Reisinger, got a job with him, worked for him for two years running the steel and carpentry crews and just learned an absolute ton about, especially high end, um, high-end construction. Uh, they do some incredible stuff and the building science is really second to none. And so we learned a lot about that. And in, I told him when I came to work for him, like, hey, I want to work for you for like two years and then I want to do my own thing. He was gracious enough and cool enough about that. I was like, yeah, come on, we'll, I'll teach you what I know. And you help me get, we're, the reason I got hired is because we were putting a 
flat bent steel roof on a $1.2 million single slip boat dock. So this has got one boat, no living quarters on it. And it's just like this work of art out there on Lake Travis, or not Lake Travis, Lake Austin. Um, so they brought me on for that. We figured that out, worked for him for two years. And then Veronica and I broke off and we started Smith House Company and it's a design build firm. So we really enjoy getting in from the beginning and doing design all the way through completion. There's a whole lot of, we just saw a lot of problems a lot of times when a designer designs a building and then a builder bids a building. There's a lot of disconnect in especially budgets and expectations and how everything actually is going to get fulfilled. And so doing a one-stop shop, it's what we like to do. And we feel like a lot of times people can get a more integrated, complete project and instead of divvying it up into a whole bunch of different areas. That's awesome. So Matt kind of took you under his wing in a sense and, and showed you the ropes. Absolutely. And from the beginning, he was completely okay with knowing that you were going to take off at one point. Yeah. I mean, I told him from the absolute, in fact, he said, when I first met him, he said, Hey, instead of starting your own thing, how about you just come work for me? And I was like, nah, <laughs> you know, this is, I, this is what I, I tried to avoid. Yeah. 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 I was like, I don't really, but then Went home, talked to Veronica. We thought about it for a while. And we're like, you know, it'd be way better to learn from somebody than just try to figure it all out through the school of hard knocks. Um, and so I called him back and said, yeah, I still want to start my own thing. I don't see myself working for somebody for an extended period of time. But if you would have me, I'd love to, I'd love to come work for you. And luckily for me, they were, you know, they were completely... Um, bumfuzzled on this. My background's welding engineer, heavy fabrication, and they were trying to fly a, it was about a 30,000 pound roof up on top of a boat dock. And trying to figure out how to do that all as a single piece was, it was a real head scratcher. So it was really more a like, well, who cares if he's not here for long? If he can fix that, <laughs> then, then, then that's, that's great. That's like, the world's and, problem. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. We, we were talking about this a little uh, off record with you, Jordan, but it, it, you know, I, I think there's kind of this misconception that if you want to succeed in construction, you got to go off and start your thing right away. Um, that, that's pretty cool that Matt kind of took you under the wing and kind of showed you the ropes and actually uh, building a construction business. Because I, I think that's really important for people to understand is you don't necessarily have to or need to go out on your own right away to succeed in the industry. You can come work for someone learn the ropes, learn everything about the operation side, running crews, the day-to-day, -day, everything. Yeah. And you've got, to, you've got to keep in mind, too, that the two years that I spent was on top of 15 years of running businesses. Like, I mean, my last job mm -hmm. before, I, before I started with Matt is I was running a $40 million a year. So we were churning out $40 million worth of product a year of oil filled products, heavy fabrication. And my boss was in, I was in Houston and my boss was in Chicago, like, and he was, he was the, the CEO of it. So I was running uh, at our biggest, we were about an 80 person facility that ran 24, not 24, seven, 24, six with the maintenance, with the maintenance day on it. Um, so I had a ton of real world, how to run very large crews and very big operations. Um, but there's a lot of difference between that and building a house. I mean, as, as much as you would want to say, oh, well, if you can, 
if you can run that, you can surely build a house. It's like, well, not really. There's, there's a lot of things that, that are different and you just gotta, you gotta learn. So, you know, anybody listening to this, I don't want to give anybody the impression that if you're just straight out of high school, like two years, and then I'm on my own, you could, you could, and some people are successful doing that. Um, but I feel like you get much further, much faster learning from somebody who's been there, done that, rather than just trying to learn all the stuff by trial and error. This industry is a lot of problem solving. It's knowing what's going to happen before you get there. Um, yep. I feel like that's something you could learn pretty dang well if you're working with somebody else. Uh, if you find those mistakes working on your own a couple years into it, one good well, one will take you out of business. Absolutely. So Matt, one, one of the things that I learned from Matt that I'm taking with me is Matt is not out there as big as Matt is on social media and he does, he has a great home building company. He's got a guy named Tim Hill and Tim Hill, the Tim Hill's last house that Tim Hill built as Tim Hill builders was a $20 million house, right? So he's, Holy smokes. He's, he has, <laughs> he has been there and done that, right? I mean, it's crazy. And he retired. He built the $20 million house. He was in his mid sixties. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Right. So he retires, but of course, you know, any hard working driven person can't just sit at home and watch football all day. Like he's looking for stuff to do. And Matt said, Hey, how about you come work for me? Right. It's fairly low stress. You're not going to be taking care of all the finances and all the day to day, that stuff. All you have to do is you'll be the project manager's project manager. So every once a week, Tim Hill sits with all of Matt's project managers and they say, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm struggling with. And it's a round table. So all the project managers get to talk to each other, but then you've got this Jedi sitting at the end of the table. Who's seen it all. And his, his, his superpower is empathy. Like he understands he's calm and he's like, well, have you thought of this? Have you looked, you know, and it's just, it's great to have, even when you think you've made it, there's somebody who's been around longer than you and being able to glean that knowledge is always in one way or the other, whether they work for you, whether it's a mentor program, whether it's just a association of builders, finding somebody that you can latch onto and run stuff through that they might've seen before is crucial. That, that's kind of how we operate as well. I'm third generation carpenter. Uh, my grandfather founded his business in 77, but we could bring up anything and everything with the man and while we're struggling with it, or we might find it as a problem, he'll, he'll spit out the randomest ideas that'll actually work in a matter of minutes. And it's like all, all it took was the years and years, the 40 years that he's been home building for him to understand this. So any youngster that's out there listening right now, I know a lot of you guys get upset and kind of pissed off with the older guys telling you what to do and how to do it. But chances are they know better. I like how you said that. All it takes is 40 years of experience. Exactly. I mean, it's just 40 years. I mean, we just, can get just there. Just 40 years. <laughs> Jordan, uh, speaking of knowledge and everything and bridging that gap, I, I, I want to start uh, diving into um, the world of online learning for the trades. You know, over, yeah. over this past year, so many people and in industries have been forced to adopt more digital tools uh, during the last several months than probably than any other year given with uh, coping with COVID. And, you know, like people are on Zoom meetings with their coworkers, remote working, online events. And now, you know, there's a big push for online learning and coursework. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you've seen over the last several months 
uh, with COVID and then, uh, you know, what's being impacted in the learning component of construction? Yeah, well, COVID, I mean, obviously caught us off guard. We weren't, if we could have seen COVID coming, we would be billionaires right now. Um, <laughs> every, it caught everybody off guard. So we actually started this before the pandemic broke out. So we were like, we had all these plans and this is what we're going to go do and we're going to go film and we're, you know, all this work. And then everything shut down. And so we even had a learning curve of like, okay, well, how do we produce classes when we can't send a filming crew to a job site when we can't have more than what was it? 10 people in a single location. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of um, rethinking of how you do stuff. So we actually built the studio that I'm in right now for MT Copeland classes. So the first few classes, we were definitely looking at more of the soft skill um, or not soft skill, but like blueprint reading and math skills and stuff like that. A lot of, and there's two things that, one, we were forced to sort of go that route early on instead of the hands-on stuff. And two, those are skills like math and blueprint reading. You don't need a hammer in the hand to figure that out, to practice. Like you can practice that in your bedroom at night. You can learn how to read prints. You can learn how to, how to um, do math better. I mean, math is one of the huge... I love math. Everybody needs to know more math than what they know right now. The second thing that I've seen with COVID and online training that we're honestly still trying to get our minds around is since everybody is going more remote and because construction is such a physical thing, like you can't sit behind a computer screen and program a house, right? You, 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 there is that, it takes practice to swing a hammer. I can watch Matt swing a hammer day in, day out for a year. And as soon as I pick one up, I'm a no better hammer swinger than I would have been if I would have been practicing all the way through. So we're definitely still working on how to partner with physical based education locations to be able to get people the, you know, you see it, but then you're actually able to practice it as well. And it's still something that we're, we're working through how to, how to make online training, which is definitely real and the way of the future for the knowledge, how to couple that with the actual physical hands-on doing it as well. Yeah. So before we dive into that a little bit, um, Jordan, just for, for anyone that's listening that uh, doesn't know about MT Copeland, um, this is early stage business. And for the people who are listening to the show, could you just give them a little summary and a rundown uh, of what MT Copeland is? Because um, you're talking about the coursework and everything. So let's just kind of connect those dots for people yeah. who are listening. Yeah. So MT Copeland is an online training um, site that is focusing on training not only the next generation of craftsmen, but following the full career arc from, I don't know anything about construction, but I like working with my hands and I want to know more all the way through. I'm thinking about starting my own business. What are the things I need to know to set that up all the way through? I own my own business now. How do I make my business maybe something that has a value that I can sell somebody instead of just working for 40 years and then quitting and the whole thing dying right so that full career arc because we're we, we really believe that a career in the trades can be a challenging rewarding career all the way through and we want to focus on the complete career arc having said that we're starting with a lot of the basic 
very entry level classes. One, because it sets the foundation. And two, I think that that's some of the easier um, content to, to start getting into for younger guys. And we'll build this out as more people are more comfortable taking these courses throughout their, throughout their career arc. Um, yeah. But we started, we started with a bunch of guys from Masterclass. So if you're familiar with Masterclass, it's shot in the same way. Um, we're very passionate about presenting the knowledge, not in such a novel way, but in a beautifully shot way. Like all of us here are really passionate about doing our best at whatever we do. And so if we're going to be doing a video version of training, we want it to be freaking awesome. We want it to look cool. We want it to, to be emotionally connecting. Like you're, you're seeing that and you're like, I want to do that when I grow up. Like that looks, that looks freaking awesome. We don't want it to be the classic, you know, VHS tapes of how to frame a, a house. <laughs> Although there's tons of great knowledge in there. It's just like, man, it's a whip to get through it. Absolutely. Um, I want to take this like really high level for a second before we kind of get in the weeds of, of MT Copeland and the coursework, what it's like to be an instructor and everything. But why, why do you think just from a, cause I, I think a lot of people are wondering this, like whether you're a trade school professional, industry professional, or just a, a next generation for them to be able to connect the dots. Like why is now more important than ever for construction to seriously take a look at adopting tools and technology for online learning? Like, like why now do you think? Well, I mean, you mentioned COVID, like that's changed, that's changed the way everybody, everybody works. Um, there's also a, there's also a limitation on the types of people who, I don't know how to say this well, it's just, if I'm a hard charging go-getter personality, um, I'm going to want to gain as much knowledge as fast as possible with the hands-on experience. And while trade schools are great and we're partnering with trade schools and we're looking at accreditation through state, local, and um, municipal levels so that people know like when you take this course, you're actually learning something. Um, we're also wanting to partner with actual construction companies who like, okay, you're taking this course, you know, here's a, here's a part-time job where you're actually swinging the hammer and you're putting into practice the things that you, that you learn. And construction, you know, me, my company, I don't have time to, and I love training. And a lot of people don't love training, but I love training. And even me, I don't have time to run a profitable, successful business and teach people all of the fundamentals of how things work. I mean, how, how to, snap a chalk line sure that's an easy one because we're doing that right but like how to calculate how to calculate stairs you know if i'm if i'm if i'm cutting a stair like yeah i can show you this one but i'm only going to show you this one and you're following me along and if i'm really good at it it's going to look like magic to you because it's going to be fast and it's going to be like here's what we're doing and, <laughs> and then you start cutting and i don't have time to sit down and teach you the fundamentals so by by linking the online side to where like I'm learning the why behind the what, it really, it, it's, it's going to be much more, it's going to be a quicker learning curve and it's going to attract a, a type of student who might not want to just sit in a trade school for two years before they actually start 
they're, before they're out in the field blowing and going and working. I, th I think a lot of kids are leaning more towards learning online when possible. Um, I know I did myself. You could find information on literally anything online. Uh, I get a lot of messages from people too that are saying that they're, they're looking towards how to read plans or how to frame rake walls, how to do anything really simply, simply because the people they're working for, everyone's in this industry to make money. Anyone that says they're not is a complete liar. Um, people don't have time to sit and break down every single little thing. And that's just what it comes down to. Um, me, myself, I, I personally love teaching people, but you're right. When it comes down to doing certain things, we have to continue building. We can't slow down enough to where I can show you every single little piece. Um, yeah. I think that's definitely something that could be done online though. Absolutely. And, and in such a, in such a more efficient way, because you can, you can pull the things like, you know, hypothetically speaking, you're working on a crew and you're cutting stairs or you know that stairs are coming up, right? You could take a course online that you know is taught by somebody who knows what they're doing and that is in taught in a way that's in depth, but it doesn't kill you with just like, you know, it's not a 10 hour boring course. It's something that you can watch in a few sittings you can do practice examples. And then when you're ready to frame those stairs, you're probably not the one cutting those stairs. I mean, you might be, but more than likely there's the guy who already knows what he's doing. But now when you go help him, you're, you're so much further ahead. You're still not going to know it. Like if they said, okay, you cut the stair, you're probably, you might can do it, but it's going to take you days <laughs> instead yeah. of, you know, instead of hours, it's going to be a lot of head scratching but you follow that guy along and now it's not just this black box of magic of like, this is what he does. It's okay. I saw that in that class and this is what he was doing. Now I go back to the class that night, redo the, redo the math on their examples and like, okay, now it's starting to click and now it's starting. So this hybrid system of online, I mean, it's like having the teacher, the tutor, the mentor, whatever you want to call him or her in your pocket, at all times. And, and it just, it, that, that reinforcement of, so I did, I did consulting as an engineer for a while, a welding engineer, and I'd come in and welders are, um, they're a lot like framers. No offense. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> they're, 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 if there's a problem, so I was doing robotics, welding robotics, right? And so I've got these welders who are great welders. They're not programmers. They're not roboticists. They weld. But, they weld, but I would much rather teach a welder how to run a robot than a programmer how to weld. Like that's so much easier. It's, yeah. There's a lot going in on the welding side. So we'd take these guys and we'd show them how to do it. Then we'd leave. And they would call up and be like, your stupid robot's broken. You'd show mm -hmm. back up and be like, well, remember, this is what we told you you should do. And this is what you're doing. Let's do it this way. And then like, all right. And then it would take about one more time. They'd call us up and be like, this robot's broke. And you just you remember, <laughs> this is what we said. And now this is what you're doing. And it was about the third time through that. It, after that, it was like, okay, this is how, this is how you do it. But it was never, and smart guys too. It was never a one time, this is how you do it. And then you're, and then you're gone. And they just, they've got it. It was an iterative process. And that's all training is iterative. And so having the ability to go back to the course over and over and over again, and relearn, I think is more powerful than a live setting for just the classroom portion of it, because I'm not having to go back and hope that my notes are right, or 
you know, I can actually watch that portion again and find exactly the thing that I didn't understand. And now I do. It's kind of like watching a movie in a sense. Once you rewatch it, you catch things that you didn't the first time. Exactly. I like that. Jordan, I, I, I kind of like what you're saying. There, there's two things that kind of stick out to me when, when I look at a company, um, MT Copeland. The, the, the first thing is, I think there's a lot of urgency behind what you guys are doing too. Um, if anyone doesn't know listening to this, we, we have about 40% of our industry retiring over the next 10 years. Um, that not only is an entire workforce leaving, that's a, a massive knowledge share leaving as well. And, and the cool thing about what you guys are doing is, is you're trying to bridge that gap to the knowledge that exists in the industry. So I think there's some real, real urgency behind what you guys are doing to kind of bridge that gap. And also, I think it's super important too. what you, what you bring up is, um, you know, not a lot of people want to train the talent. They don't have the time, time is money. And the thing you guys are doing that you're, you're almost sub- supplementing trained professionals. And, Absolutely. and that's such, su- that's such a painkiller for uh, employers because I mean, there's a, there's a common joke that you, you'll see this all over social media, but it's like, uh, you know, people will have a job posting. Um, they'll want like five to 10 years experience for a certain rate. And everybody's looking for that, uh, that entry level position, but they have, a, have to have all these years of experience and everything. And, um, it's just the reality that nobody really wants to train. And so supplementing that talent is super important. So two factors that, that really come to mind here when, when uh, looking at this company is the urgency and then also supplementing the, the trained professionals, I think is really, really important. Yeah. And doing it in such a way that is inspiring for people. Um, you know, we see a lot of time, everybody likes to talk about the, the, the labor workforce shortage and the downward trend. It's getting, it's bad and it's getting worse, right? You can't find good guys and it's hard, you know, everybody, but what, what are we as an industry doing to make a hard charging 18 year old coming out of high school think I want a great life for myself. I don't want to settle. I don't want, I don't want, I'm not a guy who can't do anything else. And so I find myself in the trades. Like I'm somebody who has the whole world available to me and I choose to go into the trades because I can have a great career and a rewarding, meaningful life building a career in the trades. Like that's the narrative that we're wanting to set with MT Copeland is that not only is it, there's a problem in the industry, but we're not setting out to solve the problem in the industry. Uh, that will be a byproduct. If we do our jobs well, mm-hmm. we'll, help, we'll help solve that. Our passion is not solving the problem for the industry. Our passion is solving the problem for the student who's looking for a way to connect with a meaningful career. I don't know about the rest of you, but I get very... Um, bored sitting behind a computer and and doing what feels like a remedial task or just a repetitive task and you're just doing something over and over and over again and luckily in my career I've always been able to see that early on and be like I don't want to do that I don't want to do that that looks cool let's do that right but you see, you see these people who just are working for the weekend. You know, it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. two days, two days till the weekend. It's like, but you spent your whole week here. Like, find something that you like to do so well 
that you're like on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon, you're like, all right, what do I got to do Monday? How am I preparing for Monday? Not that you're a workaholic, but that you're looking forward to. You're excited doing. about what you're doing. Exactly. So that's the, that's who we, that's who we want to attract. And that's who we want to train is people who are attracted to working with their hands and their minds, right? We don't want the guys in the back. who are like, I don't need this. I'm going to be a framer when I grow up. Like I don't need all this. Math. It's like, no, you do need this because it'll make you such a freaking more awesome framer if you know all of this stuff, right? So, so inspiring the next generation to want to have a career in the trades. I mean, it's, we're really living in a weird time of for so long of human history, everything that we have needed, we have had to make. I mean, you go from the Industrial Revolution back, clothes you know, handmade clothes was all you had. You had to make your clothes. So like you would have a few pairs of clothes if you were pretty wealthy. If you were an incredibly wealthy person, you might have seven, you know? Um, your, your, your chariot, your, your mode of transportation was handmade. Like not everybody had something to attach to an animal and drag around. That mm -hmm. thing was handmade. Everything was handmade. The Industrial Revolution happened which I'm a big fan of. I think that was, it's all great. But now we've had a few hundred years now of where everything is coming so fast and so easy that there's a complete disconnect of how we as humans find joy and meaning and purpose in life because we can get all of our basic needs met by doing nothing. I mean, food, shelter, clothing, you just basically, you're, you're, if you're born in America, you basically got those, right? So how do you make your life meaningful and how do you get purpose in what you're doing? And I think that that void for a lot of people can be filled in working with the trades because when people are talking about automation, taking our jobs, I worked in automation. If I was a programmer, I would be more concerned about my job as programmer being taken yeah, over man. by AI than I am as a, as a framer. You know how hard Agreed. it is to get, you know, I mean, six axis robots are great, but we've got a lot more than six axes and we've got a bigger brain and it's just, yep. it's, it's going to be very difficult to automate. Speaking on that, Jordan, really quick, I just want to highlight something that we're starting to see like a pattern and a lot of, a lot of the people that we talk with is uh, you mentioned career. You didn't say gig. Really, really honing in on the message of construction becoming a career, not something that's just on the summers or the weekends, like clearly our industry is moving away from the industrialized era that you were stating on to more of a talent era. And the talent era consists of skills and the knowledge to be incredibly effective at whatever job you have. And so when we even, you know, speaking on this, this topic kind of around automation, robotics, all this stuff, all of these things are designed to make, to make humans more creative and effective in their job. It's not necessarily to replace it. Even if you look at the, the auto manu, uh, automobile manufacturing sector, they're facing labor shortages too because people need to work with new technologies. And so I, I get that that's fearful because there's change, but we're just, we're, we're moving away from the industrialized era to the talent and skill era where, you know, I really see this type of platform coming into play because we have to bridge that knowledge, knowledge gap because a lot of these people are leaving the industry. We still need some of that knowledge to do today's job effective so that we can move tomorrow forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when I say that the older guys know what they're talking about, 
they they really freaking do. Um, a lot of these young guns think they know just about everything, and that's kind of funny for me being 24. Um, <laughs> I have to say, though, if we could find people that could read a tape measure and swing a hammer and understand what a speed square did, we would hire them so much quicker. The, the problem is with hiring somebody that has absolutely no knowledge, you are taking hours and hours and hours to teach them. So I think with what you guys are doing, even if, even if someone just took the very beginning courses to where they understand the basics of what in the heck is in their bags, they're going to be 10 times more useful Absolutely. than they, when they were before. It's, it's awesome. So one of my, you know, we're, we're, we're really new on this. And so we're learning how to engage with what, with really what um, people in hiring positions are looking for in new hires. Um, so we're, we're looking at ways of supplementing, not even supplementing, but just basically you, Matt, you're hiring and some kid says, hey, I'd love to come work for you as an apprentice. Like, great, go, I pay as, as Matt Bangswood. What is your, what is your company? Is it Penella, is it, Penella Construction. Penella. I was going to say that, but then I was like, I hope that wasn't just a hat that he was wearing one time. Um, so, so Penella Construction, like, you want to come work for us? We have, we have a subscription to MT Copeland and we have this many seats on it. I'll give you, kid, a, a one month seat of this, but I can see your progress through that. And in this one month, I want you to cover these courses. You need to, you need to go through these courses and that's going to teach you all of the basics. And then over six months, you're going to need to go through this. And over a year, you're going to be needing to go through this and five years and so on to where it's a continually engineers, lawyers, doctors, every other profession, professional profession, what we'd consider, you know, profession and yeah. I consider the trades a profession has continuing education credits, right? We've, mm -hmm. you have, you have to continually educate yourself to keep getting better. And that's what we want to want to present is a path an education path that will eventually get iterative, right? Because you're learning, you've, you've gone through it all before and now we're coming back through it again, but a path for a kid to come up and say, I want to work with you. And you say, great, this is your training program. And then you can watch their progress through it as well. So, you know, they're not only taking it, but they're also passing certain milestone test quizzes, whatever assessments. I think that's the PC word now, an assessment to make sure that they're, they're understanding the material as it comes through. Not only that, it's going to prove to you who wants to work and who doesn't. We've hired a lot of people based off the fact that they say they've got a good work ethic and it shows in the first couple of days. But if you put someone on a course and they go through it for a full month and you can watch their progress to see how they're doing, by the end of the course, if they've finished everything and they're good to go, chances are they're going to work out for six months. They're going to work out for a year, two years, however long it is. You're going to find some people that'll do it for a week and they're going to drop it off and they won't ever touch it again. And it's, yep. it's going to, it's going to help weed out all the people that you don't want to hire before you even hire them. Exactly. Matt, that's such a good point. Um, when we were talking to the owners and, and the suppliers a, a few weeks back, um, they even joking, jokingly said, you know, if, if these guys have even take some, some bullshit courses, we're going to look at them as a, as a better candidate because it's showing that they're even willing to put in the effort. So even though these courses that they've went out and done on their own, it is not uh, necessarily. They're a joke in uh, comparison, but. They're a joke or, or not recognized but, by trade programs or, or, uh, or the state. It's just showing that the effort is there that's going to. They're, they're trying. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's long been a mantra of mine, and I didn't make it up. I I, I think I got it from Dave Ramsey. But hire for attitude, train for skill, right? And so I think we all, I think everybody in the industry agrees, hire for attitude. Yeah. But man, there's a big vacuum on the train for skill because we're not set up to train. And then because of the differences in geographies and the differences in the quality of courses and like, it's really hard to tell if somebody's taken a course, it's like, well, did you learn what I needed you to learn or did you, you know, so having, having the ability to bridge those two things of the actual swinging the hammer on a job site and learning online on your own and having an employer or potential employer be able to track that, I think would really help weed out, like you said, Matt, between you're hiring for attitude, like this kid's working and you're training for skill. You're doing both. You're not just hiring for attitude and then good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're trying to keep up. So with that being said, can you give us a breakdown of what these courses are going to be like, who the instructors are, how long the courses are, how much they're going to cost, what kind of topics they're going to cover? Like how, how broad of a spectrum are we going on this thing? Yeah, so it's going to be very broad. Um, we're, we've got five released now. We've got seven in the can, seven classes in the can, and they vary depending on topic as far as length. But we'll say the architectural print reading course is a two and a half hour course and it is currently $75. We're, we're still, we're still honestly um, working on our, on our uh, monetization model to make sure that it makes sense both from like, we don't want to make it so high that somebody who's just getting started can't get in. We also don't want to make it so low that it's just seen as a, well, I'm going to buy it, but I'll probably never take it thing. Yeah, it's like it's right? worse. Exactly. And so we're also looking at maybe a subscription model or a licensing model, something like that as these, as we build it out. So we're still working on that, but the courses range, the first one's two, the architecture prints two and a half hours. Um, we did a types of lumber course, which is about two hours. We did adhesives and um, uh, adhesives and fasteners, which clocks in right around two hours. So they're, they're about that two, two and a half hour we did a coping course with Aaron, um, Aaron Butt out of the out of New England, Aaron Thomas Aquinas mm -hmm. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, he did a really great how to cope class and at clocked in at just a little over an hour. So it really depends on what the topics are, but then they're broke down into very bite sized chunks like the, the chapters are presented in a five minute usually around a five minute chapter. So it's very easy for somebody to go through a section, you know, lunch breaks, you show up to work early as of course, since you're an all-star employee, they you're going to be, be doing the, you're, that. Yeah, you're, you're going to be on the job <laughs> site early. So since you're there for 15 minutes before everybody else shows up, go ahead and click off another, another section. It's, it's, we're really trying to make it to where it's not a you know, we're going to sit down for 10 hours. And that was some of our feedback on the architectural print is that for some of them were incredibly long and incredibly expensive. And you really didn't get, I feel like, I mean, I'm partial because I taught the course, but I feel like, mm -hmm. no, I hit it. Like if somebody, if somebody took that two and a half course and knows what I taught, then the rest of the stuff is just self-learning. Like I know where to find the information. I know, I don't know that symbol, but I know where to go look that symbol up. It's back yeah. here in the, you know, so, so uh, yeah, the, and then as far as instructors, 
we're trying to get the best instructors who are the best at what they do. So these are people in industry. They're not professors. And I love professors. I love instructors. But we're really looking for people who are in the industry doing the work every day. And then we take them for two days to a week and we film a class with them. And then they go right back to their real job, which is doing what they just taught, right? So they're, they're in it. It's not a, it's not, I've taught this class for 25 years. It's, this is maybe my first time teaching a class, but I've done this work for 25 years, or I've done this work at a very high level for two years. You know, maybe, maybe it's, we're pulling from a wide range of instructors, but the, the key thing is they've got to be, they've got to have a passion for teaching and they've got to be excellent at what they do. I like that because oftentimes you see people that are teaching a class and this is what's kind of turned me off. I, I looked into, um, I didn't want to go to college for it, but project management and stuff like that. I looked through different courses and a majority of the, the time you'd find somebody that doesn't look like they were on a job site. Yeah. They, they learned it from their uncle or they, they did it here and there and now they're teaching a course on it. And I don't feel like that's the type of person that should be doing it. I like that you guys are going to the actual industry pros because it's not only going to give these kids a better sense of what they're doing, it's going to give them the knowledge that's being used today rather than something that was done 15 years ago. Yep. Yep. And at, and at a, like, so we've got, we've got uh, Nick Schiffer and his cabinet maker, Ken, uh, just did a class and it's, so here's, here's the real, I'll, I'll give you the real story behind how we're picking our professors. I just find people in the industry who I'm like, they are awesome at that. I really admire what they do with that. I would love to learn how they do that. So I call yeah. them up and be like, hey, you want to teach a class for MT Copeland? Like that would be, that would be <laughs> great. And then they teach a class and I get to watch it for free. And it's a, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant scheme to. Now I know why you're doing this. You're taking exactly. the free knowledge here. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You're getting your MBA, man. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I really like uh, how, how the whole format is because uh, you, you kind of cover this first, but uh, just, just highlighting this again is, you know, the, these classes, you're not sitting through it for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours. These are chopped up into bite-sized pieces that you can get through extremely, extremely quickly. It's not something that you got to schedule out an entire weekend, an entire night to get through. Exactly. You can, you can yeah. take a little bit here and there, learn what you need to and continue on later on. I feel like you can only teach somebody for so long. You get into hour five, six, and seven, chances are they're toast. Yeah, yeah. No, you can only pay attention and retain that info for so long. Yep. And it goes back to the iterative thing. You know, when you, when you take a little bite, think about it for a bit and take a little bite more, think about it a little bit. I think that you retain better than just somebody talking at you for, you know, two and a half, three exactly. hours. And then like, I remember some of that. I caught 10%. Exactly. <laughs> now all the content is down into that 10, 10%, Matt. So you're good to go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I, 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 Jordan, I think this is going to be a good opportunity to uh, tell us about this, this course with the car stunt. This obviously doesn't seem like the, uh, the typical construction course. It almost has, you know, I was talking to Gabe and, and Lauren at the team, and um, it almost sounds like this entertaining Mythbusters type of like production. I was not expecting like a car to be held up with, with whatever you're testing and Tell, tell yeah. us about this. Tell us yeah, about that this. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. So we did the, we did the adhesives and fasteners course. 
And I was like, how can we, how can we show that construction adhesives are really good? Like there's a, there's a big stigma, I feel like in the industry of, and it's, I can't name names, I don't guess, probably y'all don't want me to, but there's a brand of glue in the world that everybody knows that You can fails. name names here. All right. It's freaking liquid nails. It sucks. It Thank does you. not, it does not work. Like I, te I tested it on, I tested it on a test rig. I built a test rig, tested liquid nails all the way through Loctite PL max, max. Liquid nails felled at seven pounds, seven pounds. PL max felled at over 2000. I had a one ton scale on it and it maxed it out before it popped. So that's, that's the, that's the scale. And so people think, well, construction adhesives just fell. It's like, no, nah, man, they're really freaking good if you get really freaking good glue. So I was wanting to show like how strong it is. And my father-in-law has an old Buick up at his house and uh, he lives out on a farm. And we've, <laughs> we've got, we've got, we've got these big telehandlers. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, Hey, can I borrow the Buick and uh, maybe maybe lift it in the air and and it might drop? I don't know. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, that, that's fine. So I took it. We weighed it, and you, this is all in the this is all in the film. It's really it's and it's shot really cool. It really feels very MythBustery. So you see me pulling this car on a trailer on the scales, and the scales go up, and then you see me pulling the empty trailer across, and you see so you can see exactly how much it weighs. And the idea was, okay, we're going to do a cheap glue and then we're going to do a good glue and show that the cheap glue fails and the good glue holds, right? I mean, how simple can that be? And, but there was, a, there was something that I did not expect. So Pine has, and Matt, you're going to know this a lot more than, than I do because I'm, I'm a metals guy and metal is beautiful because it, it distributes its load very evenly across a cross section, right? Yeah. So pine has a theoretical tensile strength of 11,000 pounds per square inch. And this car weighs around 1300 pounds, right? So I'm like, that's awesome. I'll get a two by four, glue two by four to two by four. The cheap glue will fail. It did. The good glue won't. And it, and it didn't but it didn't lift the car either. It just completely sheared the wood because I was expecting the wood to load across the grains and it didn't. It just, it just absolutely ripped those grains out. You know, it, it, the glue didn't fail, but it ripped, it ripped the grains out. And so- The wood fell before the glue. The wood fell before the glue, which- that says a lot. It says, it says a lot, but it doesn't make for a very um, compa compelling film when it's like, and the car didn't go in the air. You, you didn't know? get your clickbait. <laughs> yeah, no. So we, so then I was like, all right, I'm doing this with freaking metal because I know metal. And then we glued, glued metal to metal with PL Max. And we're only talking about like one inch wide, four inches long. And it picked up a whole freaking Buick. No problem. I mean, it's, the, the adhesives nowadays are incredible. They really are. But just because the adhesives can hold doesn't mean your assembly will. That's what I learned from the whole <laughs> from the whole thing. But shout yeah, so that Loctite. Way shout to out go. to Loctite. Yeah. So that that's the whole that was the whole purpose behind it, right? Is it's a two things that I think is cool about it. One, it shows you that um, you can learn in an entertaining way. And then two, even when you're trying to teach somebody something in an entertaining way, 
you learn too when things fail. Like anytime something goes wrong, it's like, well, I just learned what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. So I just learned this. Something else, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, the, uh, the, this, this course with the, with the car stunt, is this out already or when, when, when can people watch this? So the course, the course is out. The car stunt um, is going up on social. I think it's up on now. I think, I don't okay. know. I'm not, I do the, I do the lifting and then they do all their video magic. And then I'm scrolling through Instagram one day. I'm like, okay. Hey, that's me. So I think it's up. I think it's up now. Go check out uh, MT Copeland at Instagram. Go check us out online. And then I think I'm putting it on Jordan Smith builds as well on my YouTube, on my YouTube yeah. channel. And we'll be dropping it too uh, on the our podcast page and on everything. Ha so, Hammer. so go check out all Hammer. of them. All of them, everything. No, I have, I'm really I have to say, we, we did our pregame yesterday. We, we sat and chit-chatted for a while about everything. I was sitting on the phone last night, and I'm scrolling through different social platforms, and your guys' ads popped up about 10 different times. And we, <laughs> we simply talked on a Zoom call for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, and your guys' targeting is spot on. So I have faith Jordan, in you. You told them to target us, didn't you? It, no, I'm telling you, these guys, this is what's so impressive to me is that my background is engineering, construction, building, right? I'm on social media. I'm not a big fan of social media, but you know, it's, I learn a ton from, there's a lot of really good content on social media from a building standpoint. These guys that I'm working with on MT Copeland are like, Jedi masters of the interwebs. Like you think, you think masterclass, you think um, just San Francisco in general on how the web works. I mean, our social marketing manager, she came from Pinterest, which everybody mm -hmm. knows freaking Pinterest. Like they know they're talking their jargon like, well, we're going to, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to lift a car. Sounds good. <laughs> I, got, I got a car that, that I'm going to, that I'm going that to lift. That sound like a bad thing, Jordan. Yeah. That's not too bad. <laughs> if you need help with that, let me know. I'll glue some stuff to a car. It's awesome. Um, Jordan, I want, I want to ask a question around the, around the courses. We dived in kind of like the, the, the format and everything, how it's chopped up, the entertainment of it, not being the typical classroom boring setting. Um, the one question that I do have though, I'm sure you, you guys have, have thought about this, but how, how do you guys plan on building the, you know, the legitimacy around these courses? Like, is it primarily to learn information about careers, entry level trade tips, or do you guys see as it as far as going, like getting recognized by skilled trade schools and, and hopefully even the state level? Yeah, absolutely. No, we're already working on accreditation paths. So we want, one of the challenges of doing what we do is like y'all talked about these, these kids taking sort of BS classes and you're like, well, at least they took something, right? Well, we, we're, we're not making BS classes, but it's hard to, to weed out. Are you taking, are you taking a good class and are you passing that? Are you retaining the knowledge to a certain level that they're telling you, okay, you not only took the class, but you passed the class, right? And it's hard to do that without accreditation. So we're, we're looking at getting accredited from the state level. We're looking at partnering with the trade schools on how to supplement their hands-on learning and be recognized by them. And then ultimately, we want to be 
well recognized within actual builders of like, all right, these guys make great, great courses and mm -hmm. they, and they test their students to where when they say they passed the course, it actually means something. It's more than just, well, I took a yeah. course. I, I watched some YouTube online and now I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's going further than just the effort. It's being legitimized. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's going to give these kids a, a head start like never before. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of know the answer to this already, but do you think that the industry as a whole needs a mindset shift towards online learning? Because I can tell you right now, if you walk to, let's say, 20 different job sites in California, a lot of them probably would not adopt online learning as quick as you would think. Do you, do you yeah. think it's going to be an issue with people taking on online learning? or? I think, I think there's a little bit of an uphill battle just because of the quality of online learning in its current state, right? I mean, mm. we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be starting this business if we thought that, man, there's a whole lot of people doing exactly what we're wanting to do, but we think we can do it just a little bit better, right? There's really not great online training that is accessible and 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 uh bona fide and seen as a valuable um not certified but a, a an accredited an accredited source so i think there's an uphill battle but i also think that some of the reputation and some of the perceptions of industry might not be completely unfair maybe they've seen that there's just not that great of of training that the people are coming back with right so there there's two things maybe maybe it is an old-fashioned like i went to trade school or i was an apprentice and i worked my way up and you should too and you can't learn anything online which is a wrong way of thinking and and we'll definitely change that because we're going to we're going to help students achieve incredible things the other side of it might be like well yeah you can learn online i'm not saying you can't learn online but where are you going to get the two problems with learning online you don't know what you don't know like if I'm wanting to become a chef, I, I can't YouTube that very easily. If I'm trying to learn how to use knife skills, like if I'm trying to learn how to cut an onion, I can look up how to cut an onion, but you can't say how to be a chef and get like, here's an exact curriculum that you need taught by world-class chefs, right? That doesn't, that doesn't exist out there. The other thing is I don't know these chefs, like Chef Boyardee's out there teaching how to cook something and I'm like, well, is that how you do it, right? So the same thing with construction, like I don't know what I don't know, so I don't know what to look for. And if I do know what I need to look for, how do I know that the people teaching me are anything? Like they, they, they're popular, they have a bunch of followers. Does that mean that they know what they're doing mm -hmm. in construction or does that just mean that they're really good at running a YouTube Marketing. channel? Marketing, yep. <laughs> exactly, so, so that's, the, that's what we're trying to bridge is both sides, one, changing people's minds that online training is something that is valuable and can be super effective and having a product where students aren't having to guess what they need to learn. It's put out in a curriculum that says, okay, I start here and I wind up here and I'm going to know this. And every single one of these instructors are the best in their field. I've watched a lot of cooking shows. They're, they're really entertaining. <laughs> they talk through the majority of what they're cooking I can't cook to save my life. 
Exactly. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you have said so far. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's things that you can learn online. There's some things that have to be learned on site or in an in-person setting. Is there a sweet spot to what types of learning or topics could be better represented in an online format? I think that things that are done on paper, right? So there's a lot of let's take framing. I, I, we keep, we're heavily leaning towards framing as one of our core curriculums, just because that is a, it's a place where a lot of people start their careers, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you start framing and then you start building houses, right? It's, it's sort of, this, you figure out where so, you want to go from there. Exactly. So we're leaning heavily on framing and there's so much in framing and I'm not a framer, so I'm not trying to put myself in like, I, this is what I've done. I've just seen my framers, like there's that guy on site and he's the guy with the notebook and he's flipping through and there is trig, you know, especially like roof cutters, right? There's some pretty heavy hitting math in there where they're flipping through exactly how this whole thing is coming together. And I'm an engineer looking at it being like, dang, that's, that's impressive. Like that work that he did in preparation for that job, that is a perfect example of where you can really start adding huge value to your team by being able to do that kind of even simpler stuff, but being able to think, okay, this is how our rafter tails need to be. This is how our stairs need to be. This is how, this is how equal spacing on balusters need to be. We don't want the last baluster to be, you know, yep. one inch away from the wall. We want it to all be four inches or pretty close to it. Right? So the things that you have to do in your mind or on paper are super easy and should be practiced at home. You learn it, and then you practice. You can make as many different theoretical stairs as you want and do, and do the math for them. Now, drawing it all out, actually making a stringer, yeah, that's, that takes skill too, but that's a lot easier once you know all of the other stuff that you can practice at home. So I think that's where we're starting and that's the sweet spot. There'll also be skills that you watch somebody do with a table saw, a chop saw, et cetera, that you're like, all right, I see how they're doing that tomorrow when I show up to work or this weekend when I'm playing in my garage, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. I'm going to practice that. Right. So there's the ones where you can just sit at home and do the math or do the critical thinking to figure out how you're doing the layout. Those are no brainers. The ones where it's hands on repetitive, getting really good at it. Um, you learn how to do it just like learning an instrument. You know, you sit down with your instructor and he says, this is this scale. And then you go home and you practice that scale. That there's, that's the only way you can learn it. I don't care whether you do it in person. I don't care whether you do it online. I don't care whether you read a book. It doesn't matter if somebody says, this is how you play an instrument, but you never pick that instrument up. You're not going to play that instrument. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that um, I see the younger generation thinking that they don't need to pay attention in their math class. And that simple addition and subtraction is the only thing that we do on site. And then you hit them with some trick stuff and all of a sudden they're realizing they should have paid attention in algebra. Um, I like what you guys are doing though. I think there's a good majority of it. Before we even step foot on site, we have every rough opening prepped. We have a story pole in our head. We've got all of our top crips, bottom crips, tremors, headers, everything is done. We hop on site with a full on list. And that's the same thing for rake walls. We have every stud number before we even step on site. I feel like you could teach that remotely from a computer. And if yep. that preps people, I'm all for it. And just changing people's mindsets on what's expected, 
right? There's, <laughs> there's a difference between the great people in industry and just sort of the, we're, I mean, the, the, the problem with the shortage in labor is that everybody's employed who wants to be in construction. Like everybody, like you just, you walk up, you don't even have to, I was about to say you walk up with a hammer. You don't even have to have a hammer. I'll give you, you a hammer. Up. Yeah, you just walk up and be like, hey, y'all hey, need a hand. It's like, you're, you're hired, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the, the problem is, is that everybody's employed. There's not, there's not a high, there's, there's not a, a high level of competition where it's just driving out all the people who don't want to work for it, right? But you do have that gradient still. You still have the people who are phenomenal and you have the people that are not just not good, like bad. Right? We want to help set people's expectations of like, oh, this is, this is what should be the normal. It, it, the reality is we have this, this spectrum, but that's not what we want. We want to be in this band up here. We want to be thinking that we're expected to show up. I don't care whether I'm self-employed. If I'm showing up to somebody's job site, say on a remodel, I'm getting there before eight o'clock. I'll sit out in my truck until late. Like I'm supposed to be there today. But if I roll up at 8.10, 8.15, that homeowner's thinking, did I hire a professional? Like, what is this? What is this guy? You know, is he, is he charging me for this time? If it's not a fixed bit, like, you know, it just, it just, all of a sudden the whole relationship gets shaky just because you didn't show up on time. Right. Um, so just setting the expectations for everybody in the industry of like, we're all striving to be excellent and having things like everything laid out before you start the job should be the expectation and not the exception. We're, we're changing it a bit from, I feel like what the trades used to be, especially in rough framing, it was a lot of people that weren't exactly great citizens of society. Um, now, like, like you're saying, we're, we're building this into awesome people that are good at what they do. Um, I wanted to touch on this for just a second because one of our lead carpenters, good dude, smart, smart dude, I'll say that, um, couldn't figure out how to frame a rake wall. We didn't know this until a rake wall popped up. And the first thing that he did was hopped on YouTube and was looking up how to frame a rake wall. And mine was the top result. And I'm thinking, why are you here running our projects, but you're on YouTube looking up how to frame a rake wall and watching a video that I put out, like I'm all for learning but we're, we're really setting the bar low here. You should know just about everything that's getting put in front of you. And if you don't yeah. learn it over time, but some, well, of these that, guys, that, some of these guys that we find, they feel like they're capped out. They feel like they don't need to progress any farther. It's like, I've got 20 years under my belt. It's like, that's great, but you can't, you can't cut an arch. You can't figure out an arch. So how cool, how cool would it be to be able to give assessments um, even, even to find, like, let's say that, let's say that you don't have them go through the whole course list because they're 20 years, they're a 20 year veteran and they're coming in to run your crew. Right. And you're not going to start them with a basics to hand tools where they have to sit and watch me talking about this as a tape measure. Right. Yeah. Here's like, one, two and three. But, but what, how cool would it be to give them an assessment that's just like, Hey, no pressure. This is just, it just gives us an idea of what, of where you're at and what we need to focus on, on training. And it gets into very detailed stuff on framing, like arches, rake walls, whatever. And, you know, some, some math on it too. Like, hey, tell us what the rise and run should be on this stair if yeah. this is your elevation and this is your, you know, some simple stuff like that. And then you get it back as the potential employer and you're like, all right, well, this guy's great. He's got a great attitude. He knows all this stuff. It looks like we need to train in this area. Hey, we're hiring you. 
before, you know, two weeks, your first two week probation period, we need you to take this, these three modules of the framing course to make sure that you're up to speed on on how we as a company train and, and how we can, as a company you can actually prep them. Exactly. And the, and the, the problem with that is like, who has time to develop that program? Like as a business owner, as a framer, as like, man, I'm just, I'm working to keep the, the train on the track. I can't go out there and build a full training module in addition to it, especially if I'm a small company and I've got 10 guys who've been with me for, 12 years and now I'm hiring a new guy like the 12 you know I just can't I can't spend that kind of resources on one guy but if you had a qualified vetted training program ntcopeland.com um, uh-huh. if you had that if you, if you had if you had that if you had that resource out there to where you're like all right here's your assessment here's where you're at you need to be here this is your path to get there it would just take it would make training so much easier well, for anyone listening that is looking to get a job in the trades, no matter what you're doing, one of the things that we really hate is hiring people that say they know how to do A, B, and C only to find out that they don't. In this industry, you can't really fake it until you make it. I'm, I'm sorry, you can't. If you tell us you could frame and you can get down with everybody else, we're going to know what you can do within the first hour of you working. There is no faking it until you manage to work your way up we're going to know as soon as you step on site. So anytime you're getting hired, just be open about what you know, be open about what you don't know. We've hired people on the spot that are like, Hey, I know how to frame walls. I'm not comfortable with this. And it's like, that's perfect. You're willing to admit that you're not a perfect person. And that, that says a lot about people right there. But I think with what you guys are building, you're, you're building something that is, you guys are ahead of the game. You're going to help a lot I of hope people. So. I'm, we're, 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 we're having fun doing it. And if it all falls apart and I've just learned all of the stuff that I want to learn from all the cool people in the world teaching it, then I'll be happy. Like that's my, that's my, that's really my only goal is get all the coolest people that are doing the most awesome things to teach me everything they know. And I'm, I'm done. Like hopefully other people we'll, find it. <laughs> I think we'll make progress with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hope, hopefully other people find it useful too, but I'm, I'm going to love it. <laughs> Jordan's stoked over here. Um, Jordan, I, I like what you said because, um, you know, before we kind of move into, into the fast five that we do at the end of the show, I, I kind of want to take this high level and everything, but I like what you said. Like there's, there's not going to be one company in construction that just completely builds a workforce or solves the labor shortage. There's, there's so many interesting uh, construction technology companies out there that are creating this next generation workforce by it being a byproduct all of these things contributing whether it's online learning marketplaces whatever it is are all going to be able to come together to create this new type of talent and skilled uh generation that we desperately need um but i'm really curious to ask you know like what's your outlook on the industry um like where do you think technology for the skilled trades are going? Do you think it's moving to an entirely online world where the industry learns online, trains online, finds work online? Or what's your perspective? I think, I think that because we're building physical things, it's always going to be partially physically based, right? I mean, you just can't get away from that. You're not going to be able to be a remote framer in, in, in my lifetime, probably I might, maybe somebody's out there with like the secret sauce and they're going to solve it all. But 
for custom residential, especially, um, you're just not going to be able to get separate yourself from the physical. We are on this site building this house, even modular. I mean, even if you're a, somebody saying, well, well, we'll build it all in a factory and we'll ship it out there. It's like, yeah, but you're still building it in a factory and you're still shipping it somewhere like those. That's all physical. That's not just all online. So the skills will be physical skills. They will be muscle memory. They'll be things that you are engaging your body to create. Having said that there, all of the things that we were taught in class that weren't running the, the physical side of it, there's no reason why that can't be completely online. Just there's I no agree. reason why it can't be. So I, I think that more and more will be taught online. And at the same time, I feel like more and more of the physical stuff can be taught maybe outside of a school and actually in the workforce, right? Just because we're, mm -hmm. we're all training apprentices and we're all, so like you were talking about, Matt, where people don't know what they're doing. If they say, hey, I'm taking this course and this is what I'm learning. I need to be applying it in the field. Can you hire me for 20 hours a week while I, while I go through this course? It's like, I mean, maybe it wouldn't work for everybody, but you know, having another, having another guy, even just a helper for 20 hours a week, a lot of times would be perfect, right? I'd take it. Yep. Definitely would. Breck, are you going to jump in? Are we doing lastly? Yeah, we're getting ready to do the fast five. Should we do a little quick empty plug? Copeland plug really quick. All right, let's go. You do the plug. It. You're good at it. The, the swipe up guy right here. There we go. Actually, I do them pretty frequently too, though. Yeah, you're, you're more into this marketing gig. Than I, I'm either. getting good at them. All right, guys. If you want to check out the web... <laughs> You're killing me. All right, guys, if you want to check out the website we've been talking about, the program that we're talking about, it's mtcopeland.com. You can find them on Instagram as well, at mtcopeland. Get there before I do. I'm buying my course tonight. All righty, Jordan. I'm, a, I'm before actually we wrap going, up episode. I'm still talking here. You're killing me right now. I'm looking at everything that you guys have going right here, and it's crazy. Okay, continue on, Brick. All right. Is it my turn now? Yes, you can talk. <laughs> All right, Jordan, before we wrap up the uh, episode, we end with our fast five. It's five questions to be answered in a sentence or less. The first one is, what's one thing most people don't know about you? I, I'm a bass player. Are you really? Bassist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and now I know what we're doing on a podcast number two. All right, go. bring it on. <laughs> All right, a second one. Your favorite kind of truck is? Tesla Cybertruck. But I can't do that in just a single sentence. The reason why it's a Tesla Cybertruck is because it's, it's so, in Texas, coming from oil and gas, it's like the most offensive truck you could have. It's so mm. ugly. It's so awesome. And it's, it's so, I don't know, Elon is a mad genius slash crazy person, right? And so it's just like, I love, I love telling, because I'm on the waiting list. And I are, you, are you as well? Yeah. I, I tell people I'm on the waiting list and it just, it just delves, it just turns into this whole half argument discussion and I love it. Dude, so it, it, when we do a follow-up interwi interview with you, whenever, whenever you get the truck, we're, we're going to do the next episode in it, okay? perfect that, they're, they're building them here in austin 
All right, perfect, man. Even better. Have, have you seen the Rivian trucks? I have, but they're too, they're too, they just look like a truck. Like, I don't want a truck. I want something so Dude, obscene. Sexy. I want something so obscene that people like are angry when they see me coming down the road. No, no either, wonder you're... <laughs> they're, either, they're either so in love with it that they're falling over themselves because they're like these Tesla fanboys or they're just like, just super angry. So my dream is to have a Tesla truck pulling a generator on a trailer. Uh-huh. And the generator, the generator will be just rolling coal like 24-7, just, <laughs> just huge smokestack coming out the back with an electric cable plugged into the Tesla truck. And that way, both sides just lose their minds. No, no wonder <laughs> you're, you're dropping cars for MT Copeland. <laughs> this totally makes sense now. All right, number three. The best thing about Texas is? It's Texas. That's, that's, why, that's why all you Californians are moving over here. That's such a Texas answer. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Your one message to the next generation would be? Work hard be kind and be optimistic like it's a it's a it's a good place to live just the world like work hard and and have a great attitude and you'll go so far all right and the last one number five jordan what does bread to build mean to you i thought y'all were like uh breeding super soldiers or something like that like you you've got this whole new generation of framers that y'all are working on using 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 matt's perfect dna to, to clone to clone <laughs> Clone super builders. If that's what we're, what we're doing, I'm sorry, but they're screwed. <laughs> yeah, we don't need more mats in the world, to be honest. <laughs> there, there's too many of me already. No, I like that answer. Super soldiers. That's awesome. All righty, Jordan. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bread to Build podcast. Before we let you off the hook, where can people connect with you? On Instagram at Jordan Smith Builds, YouTube at Jordan Smith Builds, and then, of course, at mtcopeland.com. There we go. Thank you for coming on. It definitely won't be the last time. Hopefully the next time though is in a cyber truck. It's going to be in a cyber truck. Does definitely. that thing drive itself? <laughs> it does, but it also crashes itself. So they're still working. They're still working on that. Uh, they call like it a self- good time. episode. That'd be a good yeah. episode, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they call it self-driving, fully self-driving, but you have to like always be engaged. It's like, that's not really fully self-driving. That's kind of how I drive already. I don't pay attention. And then anytime something yeah. goes bad, I, I grab the wheel. Exactly. My car's already fully self-driving. Let's not, let's not put a driving course for Matt on there, please. Oh, that's gold. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the fifth episode of the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. If you like this episode, you like what we're doing, drop an awesome review or show some love on social media. If you'd like to join us on the podcast or have some topics that you'd like us to cover, send us an email at breadtobuildpodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a DM. If you'd like to follow us on social, you can find me on all platforms, Breck Going, We Are Hammer, and Builders of Insta. Three different handles. Look at you guys go. You can find me on social media at Matt Bangswood on nearly every social outlet. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time on the Bread to Build podcast.